this now, but also, I mean, I'm not totally set up here. I don't have my headphones on, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, so at least, life, so at least now it's going, yeah. There we go. Okay. I'm still eating my beef stick. Everyone can hear us uh, <laughs> eating almonds and hitting the vape and yes. snapping into a this is This is even more. Slice of life. And last week, which I which I am still in the process of editing, I'll end up posting probably, or it's already finished editing. I just I'll upload it when this is finished, but um, is the first episode that is, I think, more uh, laid back in the editing. I mean, I edit out silence, but the content of like what we had was there. I think it actually makes for a interesting, it's like we have like the uh, pre-intro and then we play our song and then we're actually doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. See, so my dog was barking. Hey. We didn't edit it out, so. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think we should. Exactly. Part of the ambiance. I agree. It's like my dinner with Andre, right? I think we've talked about. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if there was uh, sat the sounds of someone eating the end of a beef stick chewing <laughs> in the in that movie. Actually, I don't know. They eat? Yeah, you do actually eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think every once in a while they'll have like a bite in their mouth and they're like, is there like, <laughs> is there foley like, for like? gnawing on a piece of bread or something oh that would be so odd yeah there has to be there must right? be it's not actually gnawing on a cheap, uh, piece of bread you need like a wet rag yeah you need like a mouth right up against a microphone going like <laughs> 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 amazing you need to hear that I, sound you, know, you hear in the so, side of your head when you chew bread yeah so because of universal studios proximity to my growing upness I always wanted to be a Foley artist because it looked so cool. I'm like, ooh, I want to, like, break celery. Did you ever see those, like, uh, clips they show you? Did you ever go into a film class where they show you, like, stuff like that? I love it. So cool. Love that shit. Yeah. That seems like the way way to go from, like, Mm -hmm. like a crew member to, like, uh, I don't know, something more. Okay, what is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So let me take the dog out, and then we'll actually... Okay. I'm going to think of a song to pick. Come with me. Come with me. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? I was like, I was like huh? Talking to the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Just... I give her a tiny amount of food because her water bowl is empty and I want her to drink some water. Mm, I think this is it. Let me see. Okay. Here it is. The warmth of the laptop cooled the, or warmed up the very hard uh, gummy snakes that were in the fridge. So there we go. Fridge gummies. Wow. <laughs> Never thought of that. That's yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. And here I thought I was, like, a genius for putting grapes in the freezer. (laughs) Now, these, these I can't, um, these are so sour. They're, like, um, they'll get my face. Oh, I know. Those are my favorite. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're Jillian's favorite now, too, but they're they're making my face, like, go crazy. So, I like them. That is really funny. 
Okay. Let's see, where am I? Okay, here I am. They press the button. Or no, we already did that. Good. Done. It's just <laughs> happening. It's, okay. just, it's just <laughs> happening now. Oh, there we go. There's a screen and a song. I'm putting a song up. Perfect. To... Let me press the button over here to make the screen bigger so I can see all the words. There we go. Come and press play. Let's do it. It's just the times. Like you can see where I'm. It's this one. Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term. Oh, wait, hold on. I do kind of want to know the answer to this question. <laughs> what he's going to say. Sorry. So. Okay. It's like a non-answer, I I've guess. Been, I've been, I was reading through Reddit earlier today, as you can see, and then this was just one of them that I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. But it's Mr. Just President, space. after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Oh, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he... Okay. <sighs> okay. That's it. Good, okay. Good enough for me. All right. Starting over. Let yeah. me go ahead and just get these out of the way so that they don't accidentally start autoplaying. Yeah, the episode hasn't started yet. <laughs> it has, but it hasn't. Can you see my Spotify or my Twitter? I can what see your Spotify. You can see? Or no, your Twitter. Okay. Your Twitter, excuse me. Okay. Let me try then just it's desktop. Like four, four I guess the screen. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Okay. Now you can see just Spotify. the Spotify? Yes. And then you Only can Spotify. see me tagging around. I can maybe. see you tabbing, which is pretty wild. Okay. 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 Perfect. Okay. Oh, cool. Everything's set up. Okay. We've re reset the table here. <laughs> Hello, Kathy. Why, good afternoon, Brian. 
How you doing? Tell today? me. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'll answer your question. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Okay. I'll answer your question, though. Go ahead. Tell me. Yeah. Do you watch Western movies? I was actually just thinking about um, explaining to you uh, my history with uh, Western movies as you're probably thinking about that question asked me. So I'll tell you. Um, I... Uh, when in my earliest moments of film school, way back when I was going to college, the very first time, I uh, was assigned a syllabus of some Western films to watch. And I'm positive I watched the entire like Man With No Name trilogy, and I literally have no memory of it. And so mm-hmm. I think I probably was just like a teen, not really paying too much attention. So I'd love to go mm-hmm. back and actually watch them and like pay attention and like think about, I don't know, anything I've learned in the last 25 years, uh, you know. Uh, so that's my re- that's my level of familiarity, really. I know Clint Eastwood is in many of them. I know they're usually a lot of directed by Italians. Um, yeah, that's usually a piece the spaghetti of it. I, westerns. And I kind of don't really know that know that from like Quentin Tarantino's mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. putting that in that last film he made. So, yeah, that's why. Yeah. So uh, in the like in the '60s, and I, I don't know the exact number, but like there was this guy named Sergio Leone, and he was an Italian, and he was really like into American-style westerns. So he kind of revives the entire genre. Um, but so I mean, this is also a time when like the the swing in '70s are kind of interesting too, right? So there's um, uh, you may have also heard of this uh, movie director. Uh, uh, Pier Paolo Pasolini, another Italian, uh, he had made um, very, let's say, soft core porny movies, mm-hmm. but they were artsy. They were very artsy. Yeah. Uh, one of them is uh, one of my favorites. It's up here on my shelf. It's the it's the uh, trilogy. So he does the Arabian Nights, the Decameron, and uh, the Canterbury Tales. And all of these are body tales, and he tells them. And uh, so he's, again, very arty. But Italian cinema is taking off in a very kind of interesting way. So it, it starts to read a lot of copycats, but it's more smuttier. It's, like, way smuttier. And so Pier Paolo Pasolini is very like, hey, but this isn't supposed to be smut. It's supposed to be art. And so he kind of uh, then goes on to make Salo, the 120 Days of... I've heard of that. Uh, I've seen that on Criterion yeah. as a thing I yeah. can select and watch, but I haven't seen it. Um, I have a, a box set of it. I have a Criterion box set. It's a very, uh, say, a rare piece of media Ooh. to own in physical format. Yeah, so uh, with all of its little essays. In fact, I purchased it at Amoeba at, in Los Angeles on Sunset Boulevard when it was still like right by the arc light. And... Uh, it is still shrink wrapped. I haven't even opened wow. it. Wow. Well, when I come to visit for the first time, we can bust that as a group watch. Yeah, no, that was the real. Fit. Yeah, that was the real. Was a real crowd pleaser, you know. <laughs> Family friendly movie night. Definitely, absolutely. I'm gonna see if I can get George to screen it at the Jean Cocteau. That would be wonderful. Anyway, so, Brian, as you know, there has been something that is very much, mm. much so been on my mind, which is why I'm talking about Westerns in the first place. Yeah, I agree. And now yeah. here we are talking about uh-huh. some local Santa Fe businesses. So exactly. what a wonderful the segue. Oh, this is perfect. 
gosh. This is like the greatest moment I've had in a while. Now, I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, I, I, I'll say this. My joy in a lot of things in life comes from seeing people get what's coming to them. And so viewing this process is very satisfying. Yeah. So there has been some new updates in the Alec Baldwin grand jury indictment thing. So uh, there was a video that leaked earlier this week of Alec Baldwin ostensibly shooting blanks on set and being very concerned about the safety. And there's this video where you see him going, oh, I'm pointing a gun filled with blanks over here and I want to make sure you're not in the way you scoot over whatever right? yeah so it sounded very unprofessional it looks, yeah well I, oh my gosh I was really getting there right so oh, ostensibly for uh-huh. someone who maybe may not like surface level it sounds like Alec Baldwin is very serious about safety however <laughs> yeah yeah Brian when you scratch just a little bit under the surface and you have some familiarity with uh set rules and union rules and best practices and what you should do even with the even what the rules say you may want to do even better than that yeah right? yeah kind it's of a lot thing. on the line there yeah on the line there so well as i watched that video brian there were a couple things that i realized as 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 this little like minute long TikTok clip played on and that was that I realized that they were marking uh, positions as they were going yes while they were riding horses yes so now now I'm also considering animal handling and safe practices for animals while we're doing this because yeah. we're not just now talking about the humans now we're talking about these large huge animals that are dangerous like if something goes wrong you get kicked in the head <laughs> by a horse that's yeah. that right instant death uh, yeah it's horrible instant death right or what if um a horse twists an ankle and that down it goes now yeah. we have a veterinarian now life threat situation now for the horse and so this is what i realized while i was watching this video and the animal wranglers even in their world they don't it's cynically they don't want to lose a well-trained horse so like that's they'll be right. on the side of this too so that's right. So as I was watching them block out the scene, I was like, wait a minute. You're blocking as you're filming. You're yeah. basically marking and blocking as you're filming, which is real amateur hour shit. That's yes. what live newscasts do because they have to. Right. However, they're not dealing with horses and ammo. If I were on that set, and I say this is. I am. I have no experience being or working on a set. I have only had people who have, who have worked on sets, and I only hear what happens, right? So right. I feel... Oh, and I've also done high school drama and, like, middle school drama. I've done that, and I was in a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream when I was in college. That's about it, though. Okay, oh, so yeah. that's my experience. Thank you. I, was, I played one of the... Uh, of the uh, of the little fairies that don't have any lines... Oh, okay. I was I was like apple nice. bottom or whatever it was, like sugar bottom, apple blossom, whatever they are. <laughs> and so you have to really play I'm up sorry. the non-verbal miming yeah. of like, oh, watch out. Anyway, <laughs> I that's think... my 
Oh, sorry. I've just been watching The Crown this week, and I think that's what Princess Diana's part was when she was dressed up in the role for that scene. So that's funny. Yeah, anyway, it was very complicated acting. So as you can see, I'm very well experienced. And what I thought was, why would you be marking and blocking while you're filming, while you're with a live animal? And why would you be using the actors to do that? Because everywhere I know, the actual actors are only called to the set when they're actually needed. And instead, yes. you have some extra dipshits standing there yeah. while they point a light meter at him. Yeah, I, I, um, the, this dude lived next door to, um, to my ex in Santa Fe, and he was a stand-in actor for Peter Dinklage. And yeah, and his only job is to be as tall and wide as Peter yeah, Dinklage he he and to act. wear the same clothing. <laughs> he just stands there. Yeah, and then he just stands there, and then they block and mark all around him with the stand-in, and then once they've got all the cameras, the angles, the marks, and position, and the set, background, and support, and once all that's set, then they call the actor in and go, okay, we're ready for you. Now we're just going to go over everything we decided with the stand-in. So they're there shouldn't be any of the actors making split-second decisions about which direction the horse should go, because here's the second thing. The horse should be running on a very clear, delineated path already. Yes. And that means that now camera tricks must be employed so that the horse is essentially running on a track. Yeah, totally. And then you put fake bushes in front of it so it yeah. looks like he's running really CG fast. Or layering or something like that. Add some, you some know... Some shit yeah. like that, right? Like, again... I'm just a dipshit who has a Criterion subscription yeah, and likes to exactly. watch the behind-the-scenes commentary, right? Exactly. That's all I am. Let's see you get paid to do this. Yeah, it should be yeah, so Yeah, if I got paid to do it. <laughs> I've, and I've never even I've never even taken a class on film criticism, Brian. So, like, <laughs> if I know. I know this. Yeah. So, watching that video, I was shocked and appalled. So, I was not watching that video going oh look at how much alec baldwin cares about safety because he's trying to get that person out of the way instead in my head i'm thinking look at every single mistake that is happening here on this set this is like it was like it was like an osha violation after after one after another and like everyone else in the background like it's, it's kind of like yelling yeah. and it's like happening split second like that's not how you mark and block either all this stuff should be planned out, like, on a storyboard, like, before, you know. This all is pre-coordinated, and usually the executive producer isn't the one putting this all together either. Or the main actor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or was he also direct? No, he wasn't director. That was the other dude that he shot. Yeah. So, as if that video by itself earlier this week was not enough to pique our interest <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the rest debacle... <laughs> Uh, some local news broke. Uh-huh. <laughs> this morning. This is the weirdest. Okay, yes, please. From this morning. So, uh, pro uh, this is from the Santa Fe Reporter. Uh-huh. New movement in Rust case. Prosecutors continue to prepare to present evidence against actor and producer Alec Baldwin for his role in the October 21st, 2021 fatal shooting on the Rust set to a grand jury. Special prosecutors Carrie T. Morrissey and Jason J. Lewis last month announced their intention to do so, saying in a statement they believed Alec Baldwin had criminal culpability in the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins and the shooting of assistant director Joel Souza. 
while grand jury proceedings are kept secret. NBC News this week aired previously unreleased videos that show Baldwin firing a prop gun on set, again, the video we just described, and acknowledging concerns about doing so. You want to go on the other side of the camera? I don't want to shoot towards you, he says at one point in the video. However, yesterday in Santa Fe, a grand jury delivered a brand new felony charge against the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. Currently facing involuntary manslaughter charges, a new grand jury indictment for carrying a firearm into a liquor establishment. And it's alleging that she brought the gun into our local downtown bar, the Matador, on October 1st, just a few weeks before the Rust shooting. Completely unbelievable. Like, I mean, it is. It's completely believable because if you, I can see it happening, but like, it's the fact that. <laughs> I mean, it's mean there's multiple witnesses, someone behind the bar. How long have they been sitting on this? Well, you know, of I, I mean, look, How I. How does a I bartender sit on something like this for this long? <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's probably. Uh... I'm going to probably say that it's not the bartender. Okay, because then maybe... Here's, 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 here's what I'm going to guess, All right. okay? I'm going to guess, because look, Brian, even if you're at the Matador by yourself, you're not at the Matador by yourself for very long. No, no, for a moment. You strike up a conversation with the goobers around you, or yeah. you came with a group of friends. It's yes. either one or the other. Yeah. So, regardless of which one of these things has happened, whether she went by herself and just wanted to have a great time or she went with a group of her dipshit friends here's what i'm gonna guess happened mm -hmm. she probably took out a gun because oh. why else would you know you're right it's just i'm like... in i'm in a bar why would i like i don't there's a lot of shit i carry in my purse the only thing that comes out is my wallet and my phone yeah but like anything else in there really much stays there like maybe my lipstick Right, but like, where in the bathroom? Yeah. Like, what am I carrying around anyway? So, why else would anyone see it? So here's my theory. Uh huh. I think it was a bunch of her friends, probably sitting around the bar, being stupid as one do. Fine, uh -huh. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been to the Matador. Wasn't handling but a revolver. <laughs> she probably is handling it, and one of her friends is probably taking pictures. Oh no! And that's that's it someone probably posted it on social media maybe they texted it to her maybe they went through her phone at some point and they saw that she's handing her gun to someone else and taking a photo of them either way it's a crime. you live in santa fe probably been to the matador and you probably can recognize it it's also a very recognizable kind of place it's not very. like a nondescript buffalo wild wings where you go yeah. hmm, where could that have been all the walls literally anywhere all you. of the b-dubs yeah the walls will tell you where you're at right mm -hmm. so i think there was a private photo taken of someone flashing brandishing wielding a gun as yeah. it were in a bar in a public place where you probably shouldn't have it and cops probably yeah. found that and that's probably how they know and then i would guess they probably went back to the bar probably said hey do you have any video footage and I am certain that most bars downtown Santa yeah. Fe have some kind of cameras at this point. Yeah. They're cheap. 
Why wouldn't they have them? Yeah, and it stores all the footage online anyway, so it's not like you have to keep some big hard drive or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... So... Wow. Wow. That's really... that's a pretty what specific a place and time. Yeah, the October 1st, the, it's dated, it's located, it the, says October 1st. It's like they like saw it at the top of the iPhone screen with like, you know, yeah, the person's just the date on the photo because they were looking at a phone with Yeah, exactly. No mystery. Well, because everything's geo like I mean, that yeah. this is also why we say keep your phones at home if you don't want like everything's geotagged, everything's location tagged, everything has a GPS tracker, right? So even if your phone is off, it's probably still pinging. Yeah. And um, sending your photo and posting it onto Twitter does remove all the EXIF data from it, but the Twitter server technically still has that file with all the data on it, and who knows where the hell any of that ever lives. So. Well, this... I mean, here's the other one. Also, if I post a selfie that says, hey, I'm at the bar right now, I'm going to go ahead and believe the timestamp that's on that Twitter account, right? Regardless of whether I have that EXIF data or not, right? Yeah. That, all that metadata shit that's back there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because that also starts to become, like, right? Like, because how many people have a location tag for their Matador visit? How many also were there at that time and place taking a picture of them and their friends, and then they can see that Hannah is in the background? Yep. Oh, my God, you're right. It's like, you don't even need the CSI, like, future tech stuff. It's just part of Facebook. We're all all telling on ourselves all the time, right? Because, like... um, there was a uh, Palestine march here in Santa Fe the other day, and I was, of course, present, because, oh. of course, I'm going to be present. Thank you, um, uh, no, of course. It's the least I could do. What I'm saying is, is that, like, I didn't take any photos. Right. But I'm in the background of someone's photo right now. Yeah, it's it's just a fact, I'm sure. So just many a fact. People, yeah. Uh, and then I'm also on the photos that Santa Fe PD has all over the plaza, right? So even if I never took any photos, I am in photos. Uh, there's documents and records of the fact that I am at the plaza during that Palestine march. And I have absolute every reason to believe that everyone else that wants to know will know that I was there too. Because all you need mm. to do is probably look through the photographs of the Santa Fe New Mexican that also was there, Right. And there's crowd shots. Yeah. I'm probably in one. Yeah. So, and someone's going to go, hey, look, that's Kathy's jacket. Anyway. Yeah. I just don't know how people can do shit like this and still continue to think like, oh, I'm going to outsmart everyone. That's so true. Yeah. We are not in the Wild West anymore, even out here in the actual Wild West. Oh, my God. And that's very much... God, that's so true. I think that's what happens like when you in your brain are still trying to think that you're making this big groundbreaking modern western film and you're going to come out to Santa Fe to use the big film discount to like make this thing. You've been dreaming of this supposedly he's been dreaming of this writing the script forever and all this whole thing. Yeah. And uh you think you're Which is also why I believe he was reckless, right? Because he probably was like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna be Charles Bronson. I'm gonna be Yeah. Clint Eastwood. It's like, no, dude, you're gonna use blanks and CGI. And they go took... away. <laughs> exactly. And they took gun safety seriously back. too. Yeah. I mean, that's they the didn't other kill thing. anyone making their films. Right. 
I mean, and the body count. I mean, maybe. Were, maybe, maybe they just kind of swept some under the rug. Some well, D, we never D-level heard about actresses. It. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> How many of them? That was their final film. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many of those extras really just took some rounds and? <laughs> oh my god but i am yeah really kind of excited now to see what happens to alec baldwin no he's he's uh yeah i am very very interested because i don't think that this kind of information comes out i mean i don't know how this particular video made its way out do you is that in here um i have no i mean how how did that uh, tiktok did they video say? we looked at yeah it was um was it? nbc news oh, let's see if they mm, tell us who interesting Mm. Oh, it's like an NBC News. It could have been like part of like the mm-hmm. actual like nightly news situation. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, they are supposed to be getting together yesterday, but I get uh, to talk about Alec Baldwin. According to this, it says. Uh, that they were supposed to convene a grand jury on Thursday for him. But that didn't happen. It got rescheduled for next Wednesday. To me, that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. It means they want to be more prepared for something. But... Mm-hmm. Take as much time um, as It's not exactly clear how NBC got the video. Yeah, it's It just not, says that the videos... Saying... Yeah, is among the many that have been requested. But I figured you couldn't get that kind of stuff from like a currently happening case, or unless this is from the one that previously fell apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I guess we'll find out soon. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it. I think here. I mean, it's saying. Pre, it is so far the most substantive film footage. It also shows him interacting with crew members. There were prior videos released. Um, in February, there were... It just says that we... Like, it just says, in the first video, NBC News obtained. So, it's just... Someone just probably leaked it to them, yeah, right? So, yeah. the it could be someone who was on the set, right? Because this happened... Uh, the videos that were leaked happened i think one or two days before the shooting itself which means it was probably some of those union actors or the or some of the i don't remember if it was union but there were those actors that or that crew that walked out i'll bet you it's some of them because that's that's why they walked off they were like the ones who were like (laughs) there's a lot of unsafe practices and i don't know as as i mentioned i felt like the video actually shows the unsafe practices it does it shows how little planning and like they're like moving cameras around. I think they and knocked stuff. the camera like it's... over. I think that's mm-hmm. actually, which is obviously a mm-hmm. huge problem. Obviously unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they weigh like it. You could see that man like hefting it up mm-hmm. as you know, if that fell mm-hmm. on someone, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. 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 Prop guns before he runs it. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many problems. Right away, right away, let's reload. Apparently in an attempt to keep the scene moving. So if you're working with guns, you don't right away in order. No, it's like cold. You say, take 20, we'll be back. 
that enough time? No? Take 30. We'll yeah. be back. Because it's a gun. Yeah. And, like, plus this is, like, a... <laughs> you shouldn't be, like, recklessly firing blanks, like, practicing mm -hmm. a scene mm -hmm. either. You could go mm -hmm. without anything in the gun. Just go click, click, mm -hmm. click, click, click. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no reason. That's so crazy. In the fourth and fifth videos, Baldwin stops filming to check on the safety of the crew. In one, he expresses concern about the steepness of the path, says they must use a safer part of the trail. And in another, a cameraman falls and Baldwin repeatedly asks, are you okay, before filming resumes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Prosecutors haven't said publicly what Oh, it was like uh, just one paragraph up there. Oh, sorry. The prosecutors haven't said publicly what new evidence they obtained during their months of investigation. So, but a source familiar with the case said special prosecutor have had discussions in which they hope the trial will humble Baldwin. Okay, so they're they're they have uh, they're, they're more steps ready. set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, westerns. <laughs> well. In the Western, I know I know a little bit that that dynamic of the Western because of you know other things that have kind of been adapted from the Western. But usually there's like there's a good guy, there's a bad guy, there's a guy in a white hat, there's a guy in a black hat. There's always like a rival of the good guy who's also trying to do good and trying to get the reward the good guy will get for doing the good deed. But then the idea is typically that he's not supposed to get the reward, but he still does the good deed anyway, and then the rival usually dies. Then the man in the black hat usually gets away um, because the idea isn't it wasn't really about the man in the black hat. Because then they need to have a sequel. Right. Because yeah. like if cause I mean that's basically what happens in all of the Avengers movies, right? If you oh, catch him, yeah. well that's it. Yeah. How many he has times? To know he, he got away again. There's no, no way. that slippery guy. I mean, they figured it out when they made comic books, and you know, westerns kind of rose up at the same time as comic books, so. It was all about, you know, making another one. <laughs> Even if the bad guy dies in comics today or, you know, 20 years ago, when comics were kind of at their height, let's say 25 years ago. Um, like, no death ever stops your comic character from coming back. And honestly, and westerns are kind of the same way. I mean, sci-fi films really are just westerns, if they're good. Do you remember when Superman died? That was like 97? Which, which are we talking about? The comics? world yeah the comics i only experienced see. that as reading the hardcover later the death see. of superman yeah that was, what year was that that was dark seed that was the guy who killed him i think mm -hmm. in that scenario i mean 1993 yeah 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 i'm uh but i mean he didn't die he just comes back yeah he does that's the whole story he comes back in the end uh, batman i believe is the one responsible for bringing back yeah i mean you know <laughs> you know, classic, classic Batman activity. He's classic, like, yeah. He's the reset button for Superman, and vice versa. <laughs> um, which I, is funny because, like, like Batman's just a man. He's just a guy with money. Like, it feels like if anybody should die, it should be Batman, and then it should be Superman who brings Batman back. Well, that's what I love about Batman is that he is suicidal in his mission. Every single mm -hmm. time he, like, goes up against a bad guy, the only reason he wins is because he's been, you know, the 18 hours he... <laughs> no, excuse me. The four hours of the day he wasn't beating someone up. He was training. Like... Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 um, 
No, I was actually... Or at his mother's grave. <laughs> exactly. With pearls and a rose and tears. <laughs> He's just yeah. there, oh, remembering. The, <laughs> that brings back the powers. Yeah, right. It's the mother's ghost uh, storyline. Um, no, something I've been thinking about recently a lot is uh, kind of how the nature of... Like, I'm off hating superhero things now i mean i'm a, a huge mm-hmm. comics fan my uh, for a lot of my life mm-hmm. and I, I've, I was a fan am a fan of whatever film has to offer um but i have been thinking about the accessibility of film and while there are many films that make us feel many things emotionally and otherwise that there is uh, nothing wrong with going to the theater and seeing like a superhero film in that no uh, in of that course. the the you know your Martin Scorsese's who have you know they're high end filmmakers who have a lot of opinions and feelings about how films should be made and what they're for and stuff like that like we we are not high end filmmakers we are just consumers of said film mm-hmm. our criticism comes from only our own perspective so I don't know I think that if we are to well con- I think there's something very like. There's something that, like, elitists miss out on by never going to see a Marvel movie. Yeah, I love them. Just like there's something that anti-intellectuals miss out on by never watching a Kubrick movie, let's say. Whatever. Pick one, right? Um, Yeah. Like, I don't take myself so seriously that I'm like, I only watch French New Wave cinema. Like, no, what a fucking insufferable piece of shit I would be if I were like that, right? Now, now, and if you are like that, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry to tell you, you are an insufferable piece of shit and your friends don't like you. Find some, like, diversity. Like, find other things to do, right? Like, I'm not saying you can't like French New Wave cinema. I love french new wave cinema i just don't think that it's like the end all be all and the height of all things especially not when all kinds of other shit like i don't know hype williams's belly exists or even a christmas story Mm. or how about um the complete works of the three stooges like to say that none of those like that there's like i don't know one's kind of inherently better than another is so stupid yeah, because if it makes you feel like you have to like rank what's better than other things, which is kind yeah. of inherently silly. Yeah, no I, way. And yeah. no one has the existential crisis of a stooge. <laughs> well, that's ultimately the thing is that there is no better content than anything else. There's only what people like and people don't like mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, that's kind of it. Um, and now some of us have different standards for the content that we we you know consume but that doesn't mean that things are better it just means <laughs> things are what we like so um you know we like the things previously mentioned plus our weird palette of reality television that we watch which i think is you know fairly unique i think it's less unique than we'd imagine because i think that a lot of people mm-hmm. just don't talk about the things that they enjoy in that capacity you know we kind of just do mm-hmm. it for fun but um and as we've often said, so many people remain ashamed of liking things like reality television. Yeah, and for some reason, it's still, yeah, whatever that guilty, you know, what is that guilty pleasure thing that people say? Which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like so over that term. But like a lot of people mm-hmm. still live on that kind of idea mm-hmm. of like, oh, you should mm-hmm. even pro- even Proudly. if you don't feel it, like project like uh, like you don't like it for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. know. 
like oh well, i don't really love reality tv as you say like smiling laughing about your favorite reality tv show it's yeah like, right what the and fuck it's like talking oh about? yeah right you know that's a reality tv show you're talking about right i don't like reality tv but this show i watch all the time which is reality tv that i haven't thought about as right. being real tv yet or one of the other really funny things that i always think is like how many and it's almost always men we've talked a lot about kim kardashian here on our show mm-hmm. like who are they hey, like she's just like a vapid hoe or whatever it's like oh well she, she got her money from someone dude i'm gonna go ahead and guess you probably chipped in here and there yeah exactly and uh yeah the the e-network uh certainly changed her life but like a lot of the decisions that she's made i mean honestly 99% of the money she's making now has nothing to do with reality television anything so it's that um i don't know clothing it's like a yeah she's doing like she's doing a lot of clothing and a lot of makeup yeah and, that's right you know it, it's just the it, it's just what people became right they became brands right you you yes. weren't just a singer you had to also have your a line of Gloria Vanderbilt jeans or whatever and you yeah. also had to have apple bucks you also had to have yeah whatever right like rock aware like because i was like from rockefeller records like also like you know all of that it's so stupid i know people started doing collabos right like louis vuitton by skrillex or something yeah or whatever it is they chose speaking of i have a story right here on the subject we'll we'll come back to uh i'll come back to it so uh uh louis vuitton uh moe hennessy which for some reason, so all the luxury brands in the world are basically one company. Just keep thinking about how fucking weird that is. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the like uh, object bribery um, company. And, and, and I don't say this completely. Uh, let's just say I have had experience meeting the people who represent these companies, and they seemingly exist to like be proxy bribe movers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying what mm-hmm. I've seen. It's money laundering. It is literally money laundering, which is why it is, I believe, like the number three market cap like business. There's like Apple, something else, and LVMH. It's completely nuts. Wow. Um, so it's like, yeah, extremely expensive champagne and, and insane bags. And like even uh, Louis Vuitton like owns a bunch of those other designer like bag mm-hmm. companies. So if it sounds mm-hmm. like you're like, why? Well, how can Louis just be the only ones? Because, yeah, because of that. So I'm going to get into this. It's all part of the strategy. Uh, LVMH, Moe, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton agreed to buy Los Angeles eyewear maker Barton Pereira, part of the luxury conglomerate's push to extend its reach to goods with mass appeal. Eyewear has emerged in recent years as one of the first purchases that aspiring luxury consumers make before moving to more expensive items such as handbags. I actually stopped at the eyewear. I literally bought one pair of fancy sunglasses. I was like, I'm going to wear these for the rest of my life. I still, I literally replaced the screws in them. I love them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One was good for me, but that's their strategy. They want you to buy the eyewear, and then they want you to buy the five thousand dollar bag. Seems like a big jump for me, uh, from three hundred dollars to five thousand. But you know, whatever. Eyewear has emerged in recent years as one of the first purchases that aspiring luxury consumers uh, make before moving to more expensive items such as handbags. That is promoting LVMH and other luxury goods companies to wean themselves off licensing agreements with third party manufacturers. What we were just talking about, uh, LVMH mm-hmm. X, whatever and develop in-house eyewear operations. For example, when I used to get the replacement screws for my glasses, you, they, I found out that, um, what was it, 
Fendi. Fendi does not make su- mm-hmm. or did not make sunglasses. So you had to like basically email some company that they made all the stuff to like be like, can I give you, can you get me the one and a half millimeter screw for this thing? And like, there's no model number on it. So you're like, I don't know. Here's a picture of it. Like, it's crazy. So um, now they're buying them up to do this all in house to lower the cost of their goods and build their brand. And I think that this also goes along with, uh, and I'll get back to the article in a second, but this goes along yeah. with their Fortnite strategy and their, they place their brand. Yeah. They place their brands like, um, what's the other one? Um, Balenciaga, Polo, um, Ralph Lauren, they've all placed their brands with stuff like in Fortnite even. It's it's very fascinating. Um, so I think, you can buy like a Louis Vuitton bag or whatever yeah. for your Fortnite character. Yes. So like a mod. Essentially, The way yes. we would buy like a funny hat. Yes. Or the way that we, yeah, is the way we did mods for free in the, the 90s that, yeah, now we pay $7 for the, the bag. So stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. let me see. Uh, Barton Pereira, this is the eyeglass company they're buying, built up the, uh, a following in the U.S. in recent years with A-listers including San- Sandy B., Demi Lovato, and Ryan Gosling spotted wearing its eyeglasses. The label, whose frames are made in Japan, operates stores in New York, Aspen, Colorado, Kansas City, and Bozeman, Montana. The brand was founded in 2007 by some people. It's a mom and pop company that got bought out. Then they, uh, by Oakley, and now they're being bought out by LVMH. Um, yeah. So now they'll essentially just be like Louis Vuitton sunglasses, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think that if you look at, this is the way that I see it. I see if you're looking at like, you know, the third largest market cap corporation in the world that's literally based on luxury goods, vacations, and all that kind of stuff. You're looking at a company that's saying like, how do we grow our customer base as mm-hmm. the pyramid expands at the top and the amount of people needs to expand to consume our goods. I mean, this is like, to me, like mm-hmm. they're creating their own market. They're helping mm-hmm. to drive growth of their market, which is like considering their goods that they're selling I mean, it all points towards, um, I don't know, it's, it's the Gucci belt, what used to be the entryway you know, okay. a few years ago, and now it's, now it's sunglasses. There's something about, like, I don't really have the vocabulary to speak to it exactly, maybe, but there's something very strange about, um, one, most luxury goods being under one actual company despite Mm -hmm. a huge difference in fields but also it being used to basically um i don't know like market luxury lifestyle like in general well nobody wants to be poor brian and this is mm, why do people aspire to luxury right what because really what people are trying to do is give not the appearance of luxury they're trying to give the appearance of status Hmm. yeah right literally a status symbol right so like um it's why it's part of why polo ralph lauren is kind of like a status symbol right because there's a difference between someone who's wearing the Walmart polo t-shirt with the logo on it. Then there's someone who's actually spending 
uh, $7,000 on a riding crop because they actually do equestria. Right. Shit. Right. Like, and that's also what Polo Ralph Lauren has managed to do. Polo Ralph Lauren actually has uh, leather boots in the tens of thousands of dollars, but they also have the $30 sweater that they sell at the Ross. It's so true. Yeah. Because I purchasing the $30 sweater at the Ross, I'm trying to give off the appearance of being in the realm of people who could possibly do equestrian shit. Of course, it's the kind of thing that falls apart under the most basic of like uh, investigations because like the moment someone who actually owns a horse talks to me, they know I don't own a horse. Right. Yes. Because I can't fake that unless I actually decide to like learn about horses. Right. And so just, just simply having the sweater ain't enough. Um, But I'm trying to make people think that that's the case. Yeah. That's why I'm just like, like, let's say this. Let's say you're at the head of this company or a company like this in this world of condensing um, or like each, I don't know. It seems like it's not about industries anymore that are colliding. It's like uh, what effect it has on the consumer. Like uh, video game brands are all being bought up by Microsoft very slowly mm-hmm. or quickly. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's very strange because I'm, what I'm thinking is this. If basically the entire world is a propaganda war, which it is, um, <laughs> in one way or another, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then the people who control the places where the messages are dispersed, i.e. publishers, well, I guess publishers of video games, creators, the people, financiers of television shows, the you know studios that create things for Netflix and whatever, like those are really the people in control of the message the, the most of the world who doesn't consume news for messages mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. so i think in my mind those are really the people with the true true control in the world in terms of how to affect hearts and minds well but isn't that why media companies take over everything right isn't that why like disney is abc news and disney and yeah. pixar and the yeah. disney channel and the Simpsons and Star Wars, right? So, like, they, they get to control all of that, right? And yes. so it's not just the news, right? I mean, this yeah. is basically oh, yeah. why... It's why the, it's why the like, Koch brothers also, like, in addition to whatever political lobbying and shit they do, also own all the toilet paper. Yeah, Procter & Gamble, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or, like, uh, Georgia, whatever. The other one, Georgia Pacific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There is a they they yeah they just know that like if so. Mm. If 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 I have a company that makes sodas and I'm a Coca Cola fan, well if Coca Cola starts getting into the um, publishing world, then now I'm not just drinking Coca Cola. I'm also watching Coca Cola shows on. The Coca-Cola Max channel. <laughs> HBO Max is now Coca-Cola Max. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that now. Um, so, yeah, that's really crazy. There was a guy who owned a series of businesses recently they found out, which was absolutely incredibly bizarre. I'm trying to remember one of them in specific so I can look up the ownership. 
and see what mm-hmm. that list was because the the variety of businesses was like explosively weird i was like h1 i kept mm-hmm. seeing the next one i was like blown away um what was it i'm trying to think of like the most outrageous one it was like a series of restaurants but also like a completely different thing as well like technology stuff damn what was it anyway and this guy was just in the news recently news one of the businesses was in the news and that's how i found it out um he owns like they're a bunch of pri- they're not publicly traded they're like privately owned a, se- a hmm. series of privately owned businesses hmm. I'll, uh, I'll i'll think of it i'll come back to it there's too much news we consume you yeah, know it'll, it'll pop into my brain but anyway I, it was worth noticing because i was i yeah. wanted to kind of run through and point them out it was like sort of when we found the outback steakhouse company owned like mm-hmm. half mm-hmm. of franchise restaurants uh, and they're all from tampa for some reason it's so weird i mean but right because like it's also basically what happens with like our retirement right so like if if you are a person who has a retirement account or 401k that's essentially what you're doing right you're essentially saying here's i don't know five grand ten grand whatever you give it to some guy that guy goes huh where can i put it to give the most money so the next thing you know you like own a little bit of like microsoft and a little bit of sephora and a little bit of ben and jerry's or something right and they figure it out they just tell you hey you accrued this much in your pension until it all disappears (laughs) (laughs) yeah here's the risk it's until they all take it from you it's much higher than i said it is yeah (laughs) line go up okay Okay. got it yeah green okay yeah (laughs) but you know they're they're the point is, is that they're they're trying to find a way to take our money regardless, right? So, like, mm. if they can't get us because we're sick and dying through healthcare, then they'll get it, like, through, like, our retirement home. Yeah. You know, if they can't get it through shitty wages, they'll get it through, I don't know, uh, your rent. Yeah, I mean, a retirement home, speaking of that, a retirement home in town was just shut down by the government here. Uh yay yeah it's that it's, it's evictions so, of old people exactly not i mean yeah conditions were bad there um mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a shocking world out there <laughs> to say the least um i have been reading something recently here mm-hmm. let me see do i have it yes maybe oh Okay, while you find out, I'm grab something from the fridge real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so we read about the stripping skeletons. We read about the dog landing on a pregnant woman. Um, hmm. Throw out a lot of newspapers, actually. Let me see. Oh, I texted you some stuff here. Um, here. Oh, so um, maybe we should talk a little bit about um, uh, that weird Netflix documentary. Oh, the one that so creeped me out. I haven't even gotten through the first episode yet. We should totally talk about it. Okay. So even though I haven't gotten through it, I want no, to talk. We can, yeah, we can talk about We can talk. <laughs> so um, there was 
just popped up. If you go and check your Netflix right now, everyone at home, there is a probably in the top ten a new cult documentary called Twin Flames Universe. Also, I want to I want to pin uh, I want to come back and talk about films with regarding to the Marvel stuff uh, later and 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 something else. But so Twin Flames Universe is a cult. You know, um, there is a new Waco documentary. If you want to learn about the most famous uh, horrible cult situation, go ahead and watch that on Netflix right now. This is nothing like that. This is something totally different and also horrible. Um, this is, let's say Keith Rainieri started a cult a few years later. And uh, went a different direction instead of like the the business recruitment route, pyramid scheme route, and went like the Scientology route instead. Okay. That's kind of like where this ended up. It was like the um, uh, the heavy brainwash element of a Scientology, but with the sort of almost the love spiritual connection of like that guru. Um, what okay. was his name? That guy in the mountain and all that. Uh, it's it's almost it's like, like that. you know uh, yeah. Robert. What was the the you know it was there was the guru and then there's that lady who was like his girlfriend slash mm-hmm. counselor. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> there's so many of them. There's so many of them, and that's actually what I'll, I'll get to that at the end as well. Um, how many I think there are. I think it's countless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so these are two folks. They met. Doesn't matter. They created a Facebook group. Because they were like, I don't know, had some kooky beliefs about how there's only one match for you out there, and we're the only people that can help you find your match, and okay. romantically speaking, that is. And um, the twin flames, you and your other twin flame, are gonna unite. And uh, Jeff and Shalia, fake name, her okay. real name is Megan Plant, which I think is like yeah. perfect. Really hilarious. <laughs> super yeah. basic name. Um, but Jeff and Shalia are gonna teach you about how to seek your harmonious union. Your union's going to be so harmonious that you will um, spend all of your time taking classes <laughs> where a guy says some pretty preposterous mm-hmm. shit to you. And actually, yeah. that part reminded me a lot of... Uh, uh, what was her name? Um, the the right-hand woman of... Uh, of Keith, Keith Ranieri. Yeah, that. I don't remember her who name. Who read either. all those instructional videos? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that. But vibe she was because she was like. So uh, the other thing to remember, and this is kind of how I think about it, how I made sense of the Keith Ranieri Nexium thing. Yeah. Was that Keith Ranieri was really the like mastermind of like the fucked up. Yeah. And the other lady. The other lady that that you were mentioning, whose name we can't remember, she was basically just like a dupe. She really, oh, yeah. truly believed in like, she basically felt like a couples counselor that also was into quartz crystals, right? Yeah, and so like, truly. and I say this because like I'm, you know, I currently have the, you know, looking for my actual therapist, like new actual therapist, right? But like they're like licensed and by like the department of health yeah not by quartz you know, like crystals a, yeah, not by quartz crystals now even if they have quartz crystals in their office and stuff and they make me want to do an enneagram test or whatever i'm like okay but you are still actually licensed to give me drugs so this is still a little bit different like you're not just like being like here take this illegal whatever i'm like no you can get me some xanax bars if i really need them right so okay cool thanks so 
No, I mean, truly, uh, the most important thing about a therapist is that they're uh, taking care of the... Licensed and bonded. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's basically... Making sure their insurance. illegal grounds that's are... Coming. a good start, too. Like, that's... Just... <laughs> Okay, a couple times I went to try to go to therapists in Santa Fe. One of them um, was an art therapist. This is—I'm only going to tell you about the things that were so funny. I walked away. That's no, basically please, the please, idea. Please, please, yeah, um, of course. <laughs> I. The first one I went to was uh, would not advertised as, but was an art therapist, and I went in and, okay. and sat down, and uh, she, there was like this was at her house for one which was a little shocking because it wasn't also was not listed as being her home yeah her home. Uh, which is a little surprising when you're not knowing that mm-hmm. um, and you're going to an apartment building and you're like whoa this is really getting confusing <laughs> yeah, like, quickly I, wait wait <laughs> yeah. unit k what? oh god this is where i am oh okay um or then like uh, the other thing i think if i remember correctly i did call and like wake her up so she wasn't even like because i was like where is this place (laughs) um oh you're early but she was an art therapist she wanted are you my dasher you can just leave it on just just leave it i'll be right out (laughs) she wanted me to leave uh or she wanted me to uh use colored pencils and paper to express my emotions and thoughts and i was like i am i really have a serious problem here like, this, is yeah. not, this is not we're on another level entirely <laughs> hey, i'm sorry this i think we've a, made yeah. a huge that's, mistake that's, i was like no thank you for your time I'm, i need to get out of here i'm not just working on carpal tunnel yeah like, <laughs> it's not i'm not up here for physical therapy for my wrists yeah right like that like painting. no that's good it's fluid <laughs> i'm not here how to learn how to paint that wasn't even an option listed after me but that's that's not where it was going um and then I had another weird experience where I went to... I ended up very happily at a, at a women's clinic, ultimately. But mm-hmm. uh, before I ended up there, I had another person who was, like, a doctor who was talking to me as if it was, like, the very first time they had ever used their, like, one mental health training <laughs> class to, like, therapize me, which is very, very funny. So she's like, so how are you, how are you feeling? And I was like... I don't know if this is how this works. <laughs> On a scale of one to five, yeah. how sad are you? Yeah, like, what is your, how do you think your face looks right now, basically? <laughs> I felt like I was just completely, like, she, like, I should have been the one, like, I was so confused, I felt like I should have been the one just, like, we just need to get out of the situation right now. <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of comes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, my phone's ringing. Hold yeah, on, yeah. I'm sorry. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> We're not, it's not, like even, not even on like not even clicking like i'm sorry hello yeah okay like, i gotta take this I gotta... yeah i'm the patient and i don't feel qualified for this right now <laughs> that's really what it felt like um but yeah eventually i did find someone good so i, I hope that you have success with your experience um you know my intake person this morning was very kind and funny and she uh she was so like it was uh <laughs> so okay so yeah so this is totally uh like i knew i was gonna be anxious going yeah. in talking to her because they, they like 
this is they're not they they don't ask good questions and i don't have good answers which is why i'm there in the first place right because <laughs> if they were like have you ever felt this way and the answer was no i'd be like well that's i i called you because the answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> in fact those calling preemptively i've never been anxious in my entire <laughs> like, life actually, but i might be like, soon yeah. <laughs> now it's when you ask me the question <laughs> oh, i didn't think of that one <laughs> anyway so yeah. So one of the first questions that she asked me was, um, do you have any experience with therapy? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, do you want a chrono or reverse chrono? <laughs> <laughs> Most recent to oldest or chronologically? Help me out. Anyway. Was... I'll give you a bullet point list. Oh, my God. I almost. Yeah. Anyway, it was a. Um... You know, they they also asked, like, you know, like, I think because I was able to, like, answer with some kind of, like, experience or knowledge, uh, awareness of what I, because I was like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening. Like, I can tell you, like, here's my sleep, here's this. Like, I'm like, even before they asked, I was like, I know you've got questions to ask, but I already know what they are. Okay, there you go. So, uh, yeah, like. I, I do encourage folks to reach out to counselors, therapists as needed, right? Whatever yeah. it might be, whatever level. But I, I do, of course, I think this is also part of the reason why I'm so fascinated with these cult ones is because it starts with a book, right? It starts with mm. someone going, oh, I read this really cool couples book and you go okay cool i'll give it a shot or you go hey i read a really good book about depression or anxiety and you go oh, okay i'll give it a shot right whatever the case may be yes but that's why i'm always like checking the sources that's why i'm like well who wrote this who published this like was this written like even if it's like written by harper perennial or whatever <coughs> it's not enough for me i have to be like i want to know who this author is Yep. I don't know, like, do what their Instagram page looks like, and if they don't have an Instagram page, I'm probably more likely to take it seriously. Ironically enough, yeah, right? Yeah, I see because, what you're saying. Because I don't think that doctor, doctor, clinical psychologist who does this for a living and is actually running like triple blind studies, they don't also have time to TikTok. Right. So, if I see like a self help author who's like, check out my Instagram page, I'm like you're full of shit yes because if you were an actual clinical licensed therapist no you wouldn't be on social media because you value the confidentiality of your actual fucking patients who are going through it so and your schedule will be full of clients yeah booked solid yeah. right so this is why i'm also like kind of really like interested in stories like the twin flame people because it it looks like when I first started watching it, and I have to tell our audience here this right now, I started watching, I made it 20 minutes and got so creeped out by them that I turned it off, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I understand why. I went back and watched like another 20 minutes and couldn't do it. Okay, so I want to remind our listeners that I literally binge watched Dahmer, even though it did yeah. disturb me, I was able to watch like an episode or two, even three at one point, back to back, and, and like just was riveted. Yeah, caused me real problems. Riveted. Yeah, causes some real problems. But 
You were able to watch that frogging yeah. show. That frogging show creeped me out. I, but I watched that. You were less affected by it than I was. I think I was like super. I was. I wanted to die. See, I already have like coping mechanisms okay. set up in my house. Okay. Like I have night lights like all over the place. So like nobody can hide in okay. my house. And I have a dog, so I feel pretty like good to know immune yes. from from that. Also, like you know, like that's only something people with like really big houses and huge apartment buildings have to worry about. It seems like or rural places. But or if you go on a trip to Hawaii, am, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, so how uh, far have you gotten into the twin flames so i watched the whole twin flames thing i ended up watching Ooh. it and i watched this thing about the ghost train which i want to get to um but so the, the twin flames really freaked me out i mean we did actually take a break between the second and third episode um to watch something totally different i think we watched like a fictional film <laughs> Uh, oh, we watched uh, all all the light you cannot see, which is like this fictional World War II film about a blind girl played by a real blind actress. is really really good. It's kind of like a mystery adventure mm -hmm. film. It's fictional, so you know there's no real stakes, but mm -hmm. um, interesting story. It's kind of like uh, feels like something like from Uncharted. I don't know. There's like okay. a mystical gem, but otherwise it's like a very human story. Um, Kind of like a World War II storybook tale, but, you know, uh, R-rated. Kind of neat. Well, that sounds like it was a nice palate cleanser. It was. It was totally, completely different in every way. But that, uh, all all the all the light you cannot see. Highly recommend it. It had the main actor from Dark in it. If you've seen Dark, mm. really um, cool. It's like, um, it's, uh, like Back to the Future, but German. That's the only way I can describe <laughs> Dark. It's true. It is like, it has like five different timelines mein gott <laughs> my jeine kinder not ready for that yet or something <laughs> i will Wait, not no. apologize just oh. uh, by the way i will not apologize to the german people for that one Unter boats don't work on land i don't i don't know uh <laughs> so Twin Flames Academy, or whatever they call themselves, Twin Flame. Oh, excuse me, the Twin Flames Universe is what mm -hmm. they call themselves. I think they're probably, you know, an invention of the modern world. These are, it's a couple who got a big head about a book they wrote, and they got a bunch of other kind of couples who seemed all like into, I don't know, whatever they're into. It seemed like half the time I was thinking that they were like super Christian, and half the time I thinking they were like mm -hmm. real, real big swingers, but it was never really clear to me what the real vibe was or anything. Yeah. I don't know if we ever really got enough. I mean, sure. Well, put it this way. There will be further uh, documentaries because they're still extant. At the end of this mm -hmm. documentary, the mm -hmm. one thing you should know is they're just still an existing thing. The documentary yeah. is made by, you know, let's say 15, 20 people who have left the organization but like in reality the organization is actually pretty big and i don't know i'm gonna guess after a documentary like this probably not growing anymore but mm -hmm. but they were still you know posting stuff on facebook like recently so yeah they have real like kind of generic influencer vibes it's real instagram basic it's real like yeah super basic like they're only trying yeah. as much as they got to um, mm -hmm. I feel like they could be if honestly I feel like they probably put a lot of that money instead of to handbags or whatever they could probably in like to ads they could probably like really juice their numbers quite a bit mm -hmm. but 
Because it, it, it's also got that, like, twee, like, shabby chic. Oh, my God, astrology. that's what it is. I'm going to find yeah. my mate. And we're going to live together in our beautiful white painted barn. Like, totally. <laughs> and we're, like, we're going to be, like, exactly compatible astrologically. Uh-huh. Right? And <laughs> our kids are going to match. Uh-huh. But we might even have twins, like, and then they'll, exactly. they'll like, always match, uh-huh. you know? I agree. Um, perfect. We might have um, a lake house that we go to, mm-hmm. and we share mm-hmm. with our mm-hmm. couples. Mm-hmm. It's unclear if we're swinging with them or not. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a, it's either incredibly wholesome or it's, like, really weird. It was it's- never clear to me. It was never clear. Because I feel like some of the people were like, I'm into God, and I'm there for belief. And then some people were like, creeps. So, like, it was yeah. hard to tell. And, and I don't even know, like, who was pulling one over on, on who. Because there was a lot of times mm-hmm. where that Jeff guy, while leading the thing, was seemingly kind of, like, his wife was kind of really, I don't know, in control just as much as well. Like, just maybe not with her mouth. I don't know. So, Brian, since I don't believe in spoilers and our audience can press play right now. Yes. Are you hearing that audience? If you don't want to hear what happens in the thing, press pause and then we'll tell you when to come back. Or go read the Wikipedia article for the current. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. But... <laughs> yeah. I haven't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, a, I'm currently a on a thing where I'm trying to like kind of learn more about it. So tell, so tell me. Yes. So, so let's say... Hey, Jeff and Ayana, or whatever their names are. Aliyah? Aliyah? Hold on. Shalia. 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 Okay, so let's Uh say Jeff and Shalia. Mm -hmm. Let's say that I go, okay, hey, Jeff and Shalia. I'm I'm intrigued. Yes. Uh, What do I do next? What should happen? Well, I think, think, uh, Kathy, I think if you're going to come and visit us here at the Twin Flames University, it seemed like a lot of their interactions were really on Zoom calls, so... Uh, uh, Kathy, Hilarious. I think the first thing you need to do is sign up for our uh, our, um, our package, which okay. is two hundred and twenty-two dollars. Uh, Ten payments of two hundred twenty-two dollars, or a one-time payment of uh, twenty-four hundred dollars. I believe that's what it was. But the awesome. idea I'll was totally that you put it on my Klarna. Or whatever. <laughs> exactly, and you're gonna find your twin flame. Now, please let me explain. If you're coming to us finding true love at this point in your life, you're probably already in a situation where you are, um, you've searched for several different things. You've maybe looked at some different websites. You've found some Reddits. Maybe you searched for, as exampled in with a specific quote in this film, they say one of the people that was um, a family member of a person who was lost to the, the cult, who they, they follow mm-hmm. all the um, stuff that Scientology does with SPs and all that stuff. So, like okay. essentially if someone on the outside isn't part of the group they've progressed now to this point where they're going to slowly make you think like this Cut is them off. yeah they're inappropriate to be with and they're mm-hmm. going to ruin your vibes etc mm-hmm. um so it's going to follow all those rules and really as the group has gone on it really has become more scientology but let me back up i have to sell this to you before i scare mm-hmm. you away so right. uh what we're really trying to sell you is uh, a match made in heaven. We're going to sell you a perfect package of all the information that's going to guide you to where you need to get spiritually, emotionally, um, and professionally. Because it is a little bit of that, like, um, uh, 
it has a taste, a little flavor of that evangelical seed, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. planting money for wellness, spiritual wellness with money, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of that element in there, too. Um, that's kind of where the God element is. And I think that's why he, they got a little more God stuff into it, because people felt comfortable with the identity of giving to oh, a, mm-hmm. a religion. And by the way, they have actually officially added religion as a component of their organization now in the last uh, couple of years. So it's actually. Thank you, Scientology, for that one. Also. Yes, exactly. He figured it out. I think he actually. So we'll get, we'll get to what he watched mm-hmm. and had his people watch in a minute. So mm-hmm. as I'm still selling this to you, uh, I can only. I can guarantee that you will meet your match, Kathy, because. We happen to have a large growing membership and we no longer typically um, advise that uh, Twin Flame uh, Universe members um, uh, fraternize or grow relationships with people outside. In fact, Jeff and Shalia will personally recommend and match you up with another member of our organization for a a lifetime companionship and um, it will be at their whim and will take into no regard of your own. And I hope you enjoy that. Hmm. Um, it didn't used to be that way, but that's the way that it is now. They used to basically Fascinating. play. They used to play real matchmaker up to a certain point, and then they stopped that pretty early on. And then they, yeah, now we're just start fully arranged. Now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and oh, this is the episode three part that really makes you mad. It turns <gasps> it turns out that they have like this this couple, Jeff and Shalia, have real gender issues. Probably within themselves, but I'll explain. They okay. have taken this assignment thing to a whole new level, and they are saying like, "Oh, you, you're you're a male, but you're going to like you have a a, a feminine, uh, an absolute, or excuse me, you have a divine feminine within you," and like they're basically using the language and dialogue, which I'm so glad they had gender specialists, like a, a, okay. a university professor, okay. like in this to explain this. But they're basically using the language of the LGBT community to uh, transform a person away from their original identity in the entirety by both changing their gender and their sexual identity when placing them with the person because they say that they have a direct line to God and they can hear, hear both the message of who your match is but also what your identity is as well. And using that element, they've like completely twisted the entire thing and now they can use like any kind of argument against them in this well now you're like you know look what you're doing you're Mm -hmm. making fun of or Mm -hmm. making light of this transition Mm -hmm. this person's made when in reality they're using it as like human body armor it's it's completely twisted and that's gonna be the thing that keeps them extant for a very long time because you can't how do you even begin to like deprogram or attack or you know attack that situation when like someone's been wrangled into a situation? It's very clear. They've the documentary mm-hmm. makes it very clear from people who have been put through that scenario how it's like proposed and twisted. So it's pretty wow. it's pretty it's pretty intense. Anyway, so Twin Flames Universe still totally extant, and I think that you will love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's uh don't those things sound great (laughs) don't you want to join my organization i do (laughs) and (laughs) doesn't it all wind you up i'd like to bring all my friends (laughs) when i say it like that (laughs) sure it just brings you right on board 
So yeah, that's what's going on with uh, Jeff and Shalia. They're pretty wild people, and I expect we'll see many documentaries about them in the coming years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode, this... episode three is going to drive you crazy, Kathy. It's going to drive you insane. Yeah, I don't... don't know I if might you need to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily. Oh, yeah. Luckily, uh, I don't need these people to find my twin flame. I already found one. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. There. Set. Done. <laughs> Check. You know what? And it turns out 99 point uh, whatever nines of the universe doesn't need them, the twin flame couple, to uh, explain much either. So It's, you know, it's, it's, it, it bothers me to think that anyone can sell and anyone can buy this idea that you, that anyone will find, uh, I guess, the perfect partner, the twin, exact perfect twin. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that just isn't possible. That just isn't real. Like that's just not a real point of view of how humans yeah. actually live and engage and interact with each other. Like, uh, if, uh, if, 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 if I mean, and I really hope I'm, I'm telling him this when he gets home, but like, I hope that if anyone ever asks my husband, what is she like i hope he can't say that i'm perfect because then that means something's wrong like i feel like that would be a lie right like there's no way that's true uh i mean in a real way right i don't mean like when someone's standing in line at the bank and just making small talk those people don't deserve real answers right i I just mean like you'd go you know we're happy life is life like sure there's ups sure there's downs i stubbed my toe i had a nightmare woke her up you know whatever vice versa right like yeah. so i, I don't know that. i just i think like that's why it's also like to me that's that's also like the flag of where like the cult is right because like my therapist does not tell me that i'm perfect my t- therapist tells me that i need to take an extra 10 minutes and remember what i learned in cognitive behavioral therapy right like they're going to say, no, you're a work in progress. You need to put in effort to hear some coping tools. Here's this skill. Here's this behavior, this habit you have to change. But you, you are not perfect. You've got to work on it. So whenever I feel like a cult is like, oh, no, you are like just perfect as you are. I'm like, oh, no, you're clearly full of shit. Mm. <laughs> Very true. I appreciate that. I think that... Um... It would be difficult for me to join a cult, says everyone. Uh, but I think, like, I think cult media has probably done a lot of good for the world at large because, like, as more people learn about this stuff, which is probably less people than we imagine actually, like, have seen or learned, you know, watch a lot of these documentaries and mm-hmm. stuff, like, I think in the future, as much as the watching of these cult documentaries helps people stay away from them, it also gives certain people ideas about what they might like to do with their cult creating skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there will be many more <gasps> documentaries in the future uh, going on. I think that we are just in a real situation, but that's fine. That's just going to happen. Okay. Regardless. So what I'm hearing you say is that we need the reality issues cult. <laughs> what I'm saying is that we already have one. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Yay! Yay, hooray! 
You heard all of that, guys. Go ahead and send us all of your life savings. <laughs> exactly, please. Renounce your god and place uh -huh. us above all of them. I don't want know. responsibility for your children. Keep all that part away from... Yeah, I don't, not, I don't That's want not part of the that. religion. And don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Yeah, that's part of the religion. That's the one... That's, really, that's, that's, that's the, the real only part. I love. I. I really. I can't wait till I start running into children who like actually say, "Don't forget to like and subscribe." As a like, I for I can't believe. Smell you later. Replace goodbye. Yeah. You know? What if they say? Yeah. Instead of goodbye, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear. Um, a kid walking out of class saying that to his teacher. <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah, there's oh, no what a world. no uh, oh, no. It's it's fine with me. I'm okay with it. You know, nobody. I could have never predicted this. I felt like I would have. Well, no, that's not true. Couldn't have predicted it then. But mm hmm. Mm, now nah, it it feels like so many things that we never could have predicted twenty years ago have happened because those are things that we could have never like scene that came out of nowhere but no it's an interesting world uh, a lot of broad strokes things we were able to predict I guess I don't know I don't know that we'll be able I don't know that I can predict anything anymore <laughs> I don't know I mean I don't know that I could right but I mean like I don't know if I want to dare to I don't know if that's the thing <laughs> It it just seems like there's there's so like there's all of these like repercussions that I don't think that we can predict in the sense that like okay so you did you hear recently about Osama bin Laden being popular with the TikTokers? I did see an image about that, but I haven't uh, read anything into it yet. Yeah, tell me about it. Okay, so um, now this is where one's media literacy is truly tested. Okay, so perhaps you are familiar with a gentleman on Twitter named Yasher Ali. Yes, I have. I remember following him up to a certain point. Yes, up to a certain point. Yeah, and then he kind some cracks in the facade started appearing. So yeah, Yasher Ali had basically uh, kind of framed himself as a responsible or respectable journalist who wrote for a variety of outlets. And in the last several years, he's kind of become unhinged. Uh, there's an L.A. magazine story uh, about him. Yeah, uh, wasn't he like living off of some celebrity? Oh, not while? just any celebrity. Kathy Griffin. Oh, my God. Uh, That's right. So apparently both an heiress of the Getty family and Kathy Griffin were pulled in by him, believing him to be, again, this actual responsible journalist. Uh, he squatted in her Bel Air mansion for nine months, apparently. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, for... she had just... Uh, they became friends because in 2017 she had uh, po she had posed for that very famous photo of mm. her holding a Donald Trump head. Yeah, like bloody. It was like it was fake. 
but, it, but she it started her, getting a bunch of yeah. I got her blackball for a moment or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's back out there. Yeah. And so, because Yashir Ali had, by that point, kind of positioned himself as a serious journalist, she uh, she reached out to him, I guess, trying to be like, hey, can we get some coverage about this? And turns out they had some things in common, yada, yada, yada. They become close friends. Um, eventually, he moves into her house, I guess. Ostensibly, he's, like, working on a, like story in LA and she's just like yeah you can totally stay in my house um and then he just never left cool normal thing to do uh-huh. and she like sued him all kinds of stuff oh, so that's basically what this story that's great it, it, you know this it, it, it got kind of ridiculous um so this gentleman um on twitter recently uh, if you'll notice, I have blocked him, mm-hmm. as Uh-oh. I have oh so many people. Oh, I can't see your screen. Oh, 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 oh! I'm so sorry. You're okay. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me go back. I didn't know I was supposed to until you just said that. <laughs> there we go. Oh, so then here, let me. I'm just gonna back up real quick so you can see the. Oh, this is a long article. I love this. <laughs> Yeah, the LA Magazine article is long, long. Uh, it's got a lot of photos. And oh, and this is from 2021. Receipts. Okay, yeah, yeah, this is like after I would have heard about this, and with probably more detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And so he tweeted something out about um, how a lot of kids on the Tic Tac. Uh, were reading uh, uh, we're really getting into this Osama bin Laden's letter to America uh-huh. so this is again this is this is where our media literacy gets deep okay so Osama bin Laden uh, a name who clearly needs no introduction <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask you if you wanted to search Google this on DuckDuckGo or something. Uh, no, this is this is what I mean. Uh, no, I think we're allowed to to Google America's greatest villain if I'm thinking about the brain of how the people who impose these sort of lists. I don't know. Okay, so you will notice that here, uh-huh. uh, back in the year I believe 2012. Oh. No, 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 It was really early. It was like 2003. My bad. I love this. Uh, hold on. This is. I have to like full no, you, screen you it. Can't, so I have to yeah. move the. I have to. I also have to move the little, the zoom thing, the zoom bar gets in the way of me trying to navigate, which is a challenge. Okay. Let me find the actual text. I love these questions. Here's some things people ask. I know it's on archive. Let's see. For anyone wondering, yes, there is a motorcycle um, running wildly outside somehow. 
Maybe the compressor will pick that up and take it out. I don't know. Oh, wow. That was a lovely sound. Someone has oh, it. Someone's loading. Everyone at home, we are looking at the Internet Wayback Machine, which is extremely um, overloaded and useful. running slowly. Yes. At the, but at this exact moment, I feel like we could go to the National Archives and <laughs> visit it in person. Yeah, right. <laughs> like... Well, you never know. Twitter might have a more direct link. You know what? You're in our office, everyone at home. I'm going to stop deleting the uh, the silence. How about that? <laughs> this is just what it is. There it is. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. This is okay. Here we go. Yeah, it looks like it's loading. Okay, so back in 2002, The Guardian published a letter written by Osama bin Laden uh, where he... It was published as like an op-ed. And uh, he writes uh, in Arabic and it's been, of course, translated to languages and it got published on a variety of uh, news magazines, mm -hmm. including The Guardian, uh, who only recently took it down after having been published basically since 2002. Oh. In bin laden's letter he talks about why uh they attacked america and his statements are pretty much you are all oppressive occupiers and palestine is a big important thing to the arab world for all of these different reasons and uh kind of continues to talk about why uh he uh, makes an argument for why civilians should be American civilians should be targeting uh, because he says the American people are the ones who choose their government and uh, through free will and it's the, therefore their choice is an agreement to its policies you can't say that about a dictator <laughs> in a democracy the people are responsible for their leaders is basically what he's arguing a very difficult thing to argue against, right? So he kind of goes on to talk about how the American people comprise the American army, the military wings, and he talks about... Uh, he basically lays out why, in his mind, he felt justified in doing this. Now, I personally don't believe anyone is ever justified in taking a life. However, we're not reading this letter you and i to talk about whether you and i agree with it we're simply right. looking at it to get an understanding of what yeah. he thinks 
Yeah. That's it. Important. Yeah. This is just what the Joker wrote, right? So yeah, exactly. I got to read it, right? It's worth so, reading. Yeah. Worth reading, and so uh, apparently Yashar Ali alleged on Twitter uh, that um, it's that that this letter to America that had been published on the Guardian was going viral on TikTok. And so Yashar Ali says this as a claim. Osama bin Laden's letter to America is going viral on TikTok. Apparently that statement is what causes people to go, huh, interesting. But a couple key things. Right. It is true that some numbers were retweeting or reposting or retic-tacking statements and things about the Guardian link. At which point the Guardian takes it down. At which point someone notices that the link has been taken down. At which point Yashar Ali says that it's taken down because it's gone viral. Except that's not really true. Apparently yeah. it hadn't really gone viral. It had just gone gotten enough traction and then it's like a reverse Streisand effect mm -hmm. oh what so when you go to the observer website it says this page previously displayed a document containing the full text of the letter to the American people this document which was published on Sunday, November 24th, 2002, has been removed on November 15th, 2023. The transcript published on our website had been widely shared on social media without the full context. Therefore, we decided to take it down and direct readers instead to the news article that originally contextualized it. Here's the thing, though. Where is that? How do I get there? Oh, I guess reported. I guess this is the link. And so now, in order for me to read it, I have, in order for me to now read the Osama bin Laden letter in full, I have to first read the Guardian's article. This is what they've taken down, the, the letter alone. That's what's been removed. They did keep all this, where they do that, but the letter still isn't there. Wow. I mean, it's erasing history in a way. I mean, I'm sure that now it's been mirrored all over it enough to where you can find it, but um, mm -hmm. only because it was observed to be removed. Mm -hmm. hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it is true, however... Um, that uh social media is really changing how people are seeing this war this yeah. attack really kind of let's be real um mm -hmm. and it is really interesting to me to see how the young kids are really really mad and yeah. when i was uh I was a sophomore in college, junior in college, when 9-11 happened. Hmm. That sounds right. And uh, 
the Iraq war was going on while I was in graduate school and uh, I was mad but I don't I don't know that a lot of people around me were mad I don't think it was like I don't think the like youth around me was really like paying attention in the same way and that's because we didn't have social media yeah yes that's because we didn't have our own like internal language for how to talk about this right and that's kind of what's really interesting about things like tic tac right like so overwhelmingly old people are not on those platforms correct and so it's it is an echo chamber but it's an echo chamber among the youth and uh i think us millennials who are their like older cousins and older brothers and sisters and maybe cool auntie to the to the zoomers uh they've been hearing us talk about iraq war and afghanistan and student loans and all of the bullshit so i think they're even more mad and when i i i saw some for however viral or not viral the osama bin laden letter is or isn't it is pretty clear to me that the youngsters on Tic Tac who are, like, mad, yelling, are, like, really mad. Like, because I don't think it's just that, right? Um, guess what I'm also trying to say is the United States is sending all of these billions of dollars off to war yes. while our Zoomers are also grappling with the photos of Uvalde that were just released. Mm, I hadn't seen that. You probably don't want to. Okay. Um, the Washington Post uh, yesterday, today, recently, um, published an uh, article about... Um, the how do i say this the incredibly destructive force of assault rifles hmm. and they the washington post in an effort to try i think to sensationalize but i think shock people into wanting to do something about it um published previously unreleased photos of inside Uvalde classrooms. Now, the photos that they published do not show any persons in the frames.
got him to get some of my homemade Chex Mix. Wow, that sounds great. I'm going to um, get liquids flowing through both ends of the body. So. <laughs> okay, no hang, problem. Hang on. I think gum tastes good for about five seconds. I think I'm kind of over gum. Okay, that's true. However, if it's like big leak chew or like Ooh. bubble tape, it's worth it. Yes, I agree. It has that better texture too? That like. <sighs> then you just spit it out, just put flavor back in your mouth. Doesn't matter. Yes. Oh god. Yes. Then it's worth it. But if it's like, if it's so like, I also really like double bubble. Mm -hmm. like from halloween and stuff like classic however because it also tastes good however one drawback to the double bubble it's like starts as a rock so you have the, uh, yes. uh, 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 that's actually uh, what i was just about to yeah it is i see those guys in the dugout so baseball games they're always grabbing like five of them uh, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and doing it so you need like a grind like a beat grind yeah. to start and i then hence i think the big league chew which is basically just gum julienne yeah it is it's julienne gum it's so true just little gum shreds yeah hey if you're trying to get off the uh i bet if you're trying to get off of um like chaw as it were mm -hmm. it might yeah. help I don't know. Those pro baseball players go at it like it's fucking food. So. So what do you, what do you, what do you think is um. As as I as I as I kind of sit here and think about our generation gaps, I feel like I have a lot of. I feel like now these days I've been mulling a lot about generation gap. Okay. In the sense that like. Uh, ah okay maybe let me start here. Okay. Uh, another thing that's been on my mind. Uh, oh well. Oh my god. Let me just put a cut off the last episode or the oh, last. Little yeah. Thing, let's let's right? let's let's figure out how to do this first. So we took a little bit of a break. No. We were talking about what we were talking about. So what should I do now? How do we? I'm gonna say maybe. Uh, I don't know where we cut off on the last part. Uh, um, I know exactly what you were saying. You you said I know what I yeah we were talking about Uvalde mm -hmm. and you said exactly uh, what before it cut off was um, I don't know what hmm, the context you were saying that I shouldn't go look at the photos and you were kind of giving your rationale yeah. about why I think yeah okay so. Suffice it to say that, yes, I agree that you should not watch uh, the, uh, uh, the the article. Mm -hmm. um, it is um, the photos in it are quite disturbing. Um, so if you're not like ready for that, um, then you're really not ready for it. Um, and um, I'll just say it like this. If you've spent time on rotten.com, you're probably ready. Okay. But you're not ready. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. Um, 
because this is it feels different than what we see on things like rot.com or like the once upon a time of uh, those websites yeah um and that's i think because uh even with those types of faces of death sudden catastrophe type of thing um there's still a sense somehow that a lot of those things we couldn't have prevented like a bridge collapsed or uh, i don't know a really bad traffic accident like that sucks i mean the, I, I do believe those things are preventable i just mean like not preventable in the way that something like a school shooting is preventable yeah and um so yeah it's uh i think this is where this like generation gap thing is really starting to shift because right, even though 9 11 happened when when we were like essentially early college kids um I mean, Columbine happened in 1999, and, and September 11th happened in 2001. So they, I think those two things together are like a turning point. And it's at that point that anybody who was young at that point uh, and remembered what that was like, like all uh, everything after that is different. And I think that's this real split of consciousness. Um, I think it's why we're seeing... Um, all of the Israel polling and Palestine polling, it's split along age lines now. Interesting. That's I didn't because know that was the factor. Hmm. Uh, it's, it appears to be, there was a, another video, because there's obviously a lot of like propaganda coming out, but there was a particular video um, that I saw, but it was like APAC or somebody, and they were talking about how the real split among, uh, support for israel versus palestine is now among age lines it's not about political lines it's not about like race or class simply put if they were young um and i ascribe that to the iraq war uh, afghanistan invasion 9-11 and columbine specifically um and so i've been thinking a lot about um uh oh there we go i've been thinking a lot about uh, generation gaps and I saw this video recently that a friend sent to me um, and I want to make sure that I'm sharing sound oh. there we go um, and uh, I know how you and I have often decried stand up comedians I don't mean it in a 100% serious way I mean in a no, I know. You and I say it with love. Yeah. We say it as people who probably have our own type fives ready. So it's okay. Here, let me mute my mic real quick here. Uh, okay. Dog's got her type five too. That's true. Okay. She's giving it away. No, it's totally perfect. It's totally perfect. How are we going to know? See, we're not going to laugh the same way, though, when she performs it the second time. <laughs> the jokes are already all given away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, let me see. Is it playing? That? Uh, oh, no, it's muted. Oh, Hold on. At the top, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the, um, yeah. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Where's the, where's the, well, let me hit, let me hit the refresh because yeah. I'm, because I'm go. old. It's Generation Z. Not so bold outside of a TikTok comment section, are we? 
message for you from the millennials. But first of all, thank you for coming. This is a safe space. I appreciate that you're here. And now, our message is that you are not nice. Not nice to millennials and we have fucking hate. And because yours is a contextless generation made of sound bites and hot takes, you need to know a little bit about the history of my generation. And that is that we have taken it up the fucking ass our whole existence, okay? true by the way <laughs> um and i have like Thank long you. black hair so it doesn't help i guess i'm embracing it oh no, no I, I'm, I mean, a, I like I'm a wizard like a witch. <laughs> i mean you'll, yeah no you'll notice i mean my hair is kind of part mostly 
on the middle. It's like a little off. It's like one inch off to the other side, but that's not a side part. It's I actually do part. trim my beard to a fixed length now. It could be longer. Yeah, length, right. So. <laughs> I don't actually want to look like a wizard. So uh, the other thing that terrifies me is mm -hmm. whenever anything trends on Twitter now, because it never makes any sense, but... Yeah, I just... The world's dying. Like the old, like the, no the old world is truly dying. Um, and I've never, you know, they like I feel like in history books, there's always a conversation about what is it, the the le fin de siècle, the characteristics of the end of the century. Oh, interesting. Yes, I was kind of thinking about this recently. There was um. There was a uh, a video. <laughs> My dog's talking. That was, was amazing. A, sound. Was a video on uh, on Reddit, which was a little corny about like okay. eighty year cycles of time or something like that. But um, it made me think of something like how people could see this. So yeah, tell me what. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this. So. Uh the fin de siècle is a French term, and now this is coming right out of the Wikipedia, Brian. So before our listeners think that I actually knew every single word I'm about to say, mm -hmm. I didn't. I'm reading it. But I do know it as a concept. And so they, they, they just are going to say it better than I do. So the fin de siècle is a French term meaning end of the century, a phrase which typically encompasses both the meaning of the English idiom turn of the century but also makes reference to the closing and the onset of a new one. So the end of the century. The period was widely thought to be a period of social degeneracy, but at the same time, period of hope for a new beginning. Mm -hmm. Aww. The spirit of fin de siècle often refers to the cultural hallmarks that were recognized as prominent Ooh. in the 1880s and 1890s, including ennui, cynicism, pessimism, and a widespread belief that civilization leads to decadence. Now, you know what? They were right. It absolutely 100% has led to decadence. Yes. Look at what you and I could do. You and yeah. I can door dash almost anything we want right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, and here in New Mexico, where weed is legal, I can DoorDash weed. Yeah, I mean, basically, I can too. Essentially, like that's. I mean. <sighs> yeah, it's true, and and that's in a state for me that's like you know red as blood. So like it's mm -hmm. kind of crazy that that's still yeah. Hmm. Hmm. The themes of Findesiecle political culture were very controversial and have been cited as a major influence on fascism and as a generator of the science of geopolitics, including the theory of Lebensraum, which is the German concept of expansionism and Volkish nationalism, oh. which of course gives rise to the German politics leading up through the 1940s, mm. a date which will live in infamy. So, <laughs> yes. Mm. It was when the beginning of globalism started to take hold because people realized that there no, were no new worlds to discover. Every new world at that point had been discovered on this earth. So that, so I mean, I want to, I want to put that in our context too, Brian. Like, like here we are, the year two thousand, right? Twenty twenty three, the year nineteen hundred right 
So from here, 1880, the world has only been civilized for about 100 years from the 70s, right? Like, so basically the new world was discovered in the 1500s, right? So we're really talking about this 500-year history. We've had these five turnovers of very catastrophic things happen at each civil, at each, like, and within each century chunk for the last 500 years. When before that, we lived for millions of years in, I don't know, I guess I couldn't say harmony, but at least equilibrium. Yeah, we didn't uh, destroy the planet in any of those 100-year periods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I know of. Unless there's some interesting I mean, history that's been left out. I mean, I guess this is the... Uh, the, this is also again it starts to lead to this concept of degeneration right which is why fascism all of these things start to kind of take rise now if, if there's degeneracy then how do we keep purity right mm. whatever that means whatever that means um, right it's a dangerous yeah term. whatever that means i would say so i mean i think degeneracy and it's as a concept is also dangerous because yes. it, you know again it creates the the dichotomy right so um but uh there wasn't degeneracy before then. It just was what we were. Truly. You know? Right. There was just, it was just the changing times. Dates, mm-hmm. You know, there was no thought of, yeah, the, the future time being, yeah, more progressed in that sense. So what does that say? What does that say for, what like, this time say? and these children and... I think that it, what it says is that perhaps this. I think that what it says is that perhaps people are becoming more um, self-aware in a time and in a way that doesn't actually matter, almost too late, and that um, perhaps now what we're actually truly becoming self-aware mm-hmm. of isn't degeneracy, but we're simply viewing things falling, not falling apart so much. Well, there are things that are falling apart, literally. That would be our infrastructure and stuff like that. But, I mean, in terms of, like, in a very literal sense. <laughs> that was really funny, <laughs> <Yeah>. though. <laughs> that was, like, that was way funnier than it should have been. <laughs> but um, we may view things as falling apart because we built them into being in a certain way. Well, I don't have to say it to you. You already know what I'm saying. But yeah. We built them into looking a certain way. Yeah. By the way, speaking of our infrastructure falling apart, uh, uh, God, where is it? Uh, and if things come back with less Roman columns, all the better. That's what I say. There was this really wonderful article I read the other day uh, in the American Prospect, which is a Hmm. prominent leftist theory magazine, I guess. I wasn't even aware of this. Okay. Um, And... uh, there is this really great writer named David Dayan. Diane, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Sorry, David. Uh, but uh, he's pretty badass, I, I would say. I, I like his writing. But he wrote this story about. Um, so, Brian, did you hear about the fire on the five on the I-10 freeway in Los Angeles? This is brand that new has to, shut down. This is brand new to me. Okay, so how, how about I do this? Okay. Los Angeles i10 fire let's let's look at some videos okay um well a third thumbnail looks pretty harrowing yeah let's uh cnn wow okay is that like a 
factory for pallets? <laughs> the pallet factory lit on fire? A portion of Interstate 10 in downtown Los Angeles remains closed in both directions tonight after a massive storage fire raged underneath the freeway just a short time ago. Mayor Karen Bassett officials still don't know when it will reopen. That's the problem right Unfortunately, there. there's no reason to think that this is going to be over in a couple of days. We cannot give you an estimate of time right now. But as much as traffic is a challenge for all of us in our city, there will be no time like this when we will need to come together and all cooperate until the freeway is rebuilt. The blaze apparently started with a pile of wood pallets on Saturday, then grew nearly two acres. While damaging the freeway's structural support system, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency. No injuries, we should note, have been reported. Okay, so. Now, Brian, you're probably wondering why we were keeping piles of pallets and oily <laughs> yeah. rags. Like, 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 I feel like there, it's like if something would be in like The Simpsons, there'd be like a oily rag and pallet keeping factories for real like it's just be a joke so brian as always you and i um you and i i think are unique in some way in that you and i face reality head on yes i think so yeah, try and if i <laughs> if i were responsible for storing a bunch of pallets shit i like I like would not would have Underneath the I-10 freeway. <laughs> you know, constantly but, being soaked with runoff from a bridge of car car runoff and oils. and Okay. Mm -hmm. But yes. if you can believe it, Brian, it gets better. <laughs> okay. David Dian writes in the American Prospect, Freeway uh -huh. disaster presents hurdle for Newsom's national ambitions. Pennsylvania's governor delivered uh -huh. after his state's highway fire five months ago. But Newsom's crisis with the 10 freeway in Los Angeles is significantly more complicated. You may have heard of the butterfly effect, the idea that some infinitesimally obscure event in one part of the world, a butterfly flapping its wings, could have a monumental effect elsewhere, a change in air pressure that creates a tornado or hurricane. The online world, we illustrate this with the domino meme where a tiny domino knocks over a bigger and bigger one until an object a few feet tall is in line to topple. In the case of the massive fire around the East LA interchange of the Interstate 10 freeway this past weekend, the domino meme would be labeled this way if we also assume we label it like Elon Musk did this Kathy editorializing. If we also imagine that, see, the domino meme really only gets a label at the beginning and at the end and nothing in between. <laughs> Unless you're Elon Musk and he goes ahead and labels every single domino. But I think for the purposes <laughs> of this, David needs to be able to lay out all of the steps. So we'll just indulge him, okay? Mm -hmm. I just I just want to be clear about the meme because <laughs> memes are very important. I like this. be real. Yeah. Thank you for labeling that. I appreciate that. Thank you. In the case of the massive fire, the domino meme would be labeled this way. One, hand sanitizer needs spike during the COVID pandemic. Okay, one. Two, or mm -hmm. next, maybe. Just say next. So many dominoes, right? <laughs> Non-pharmaceutical interventions gradually wane. Okay. okay. Next, a state program 
from the California Department of Transportation, commonly known as Caltrans, allows companies to store materials under state highways. I just I just want to pause right there, and I just want to say store materials is like the two hardest working words in any sentence ever right there. I feel like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we'll continue. Mm-hmm. Next, <laughs> a bad actor didn't pay rent on their storage space for months owed the state over $130,000, subleased the space to several tenants, including someone who stored a lot of excess hand Hand sanitizer. sanitizer. Oh, my God. Next, hand sanitizer has plenty of alcohol in it, which I think is kind of logical, but I think he just needed to add a domino. Mm -hmm. Next, when what state officials have confidently determined as an arson occurred at that spot the hand sanitizer fueled the flame oh my god the fire has caused structural damage to a spot several southern california freeways come together when i say several if you are in los angeles or are familiar with los angeles this is just south of like where like the staples center would be so we're talking about the 10 the i-10 uh the i-10 the one a one five interchange that's like that fucking cluster it's already a cluster it's already a mess yeah it's already a mess um and it happened just as you like if you were heading eastbound um it the fire happens just west of where those interchanges begin okay can you open me up a google tab oh oh heck yeah yeah I guess it's I guess it's still called the crypto arena, but <laughs> crypto, yeah, I'm sure it'll go back. And actually, does Staples still exist? Do people still buy office supplies? Is that a... Okay. So it happened, I think, around. That's Hoover, Arapa. I guess I, I I would say it happened somewhere around. And I haven't I haven't like geolocated it. I haven't looked it up. I just mm. saw based on the photos. If I were to say based on the photos, I would say it's somewhere around whatever locate, whatever Airbnb that is. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's before this like gnarly intersection that takes you. Looks like many lanes. Yeah. Or did it? It might have happened. Oh, no, it happened just by Boyle Heights. I think it happened over here. That is a snake. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it happened, like, over here. So. I don't know it, how you drive Because it's this. right by Boyle Heights. Yeah, it happened right by Boyle Heights. So we're talking, like, basically right around here by the L.A. River. So to the west of it would be the 110 interchange. To the east of it would be the 510, the 110 getting into the 60 the 710 up here see this is just a mess wow this is so much yeah i i mean i get lost in town you know well if it didn't have a gps every time i drove (laughs) so it's this it's it so apparently it happened right around here okay so yeah i can see that's a lot of roads kind of fanning out in one spot there so and then this is the very downtown Los Angeles area, that whole little thing right there. So this will maybe also contextualize it for what this guy continues to say. 
and he says, Hey, Josh Shapiro, the Pennsylvania governor, did a really good showing on the national stage because he had to deal with that fire that also happened in Philadelphia or something. It was like a truck fire. Mm. That was like, it was like something different. But it was basically a very terrible car accident that also happened to happen right underneath the freeway overpass that melted a bunch of beams. So they needed to act quickly to fix it. So it says that because of all of these things this guy's thesis is basically because of this if gavin newsom doesn't do a good job in fixing this freeway he's gonna lose a presidential primary to josh shapiro the pennsylvania guy because the pennsylvania guy looks really good to the entire world right now wow but this is the more complicated situation because the freeway in los angeles is a whole different thing May starts talking about what it's connecting, Boyle Heights, El Sereno, the 5, the 101. So let me zoom out. So here's the here's downtown. So if this is Los Angeles, this is what is all of the valley, right, up okay. here. All right. Uh, let me do my little... Wait, where's my little... <gasps> they upgraded the toolbar... Is it a laser beam? Oh there my it is. God. Oh, I see the yeah. laser beam. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they have. A, oh, I have a little arrow. Can you see my little arrow? I think uh, that now I can. Yes. Is... This is perfect for maps. <laughs> the laser beam. I, I like it more. So, okay. uh, yeah. So this is downtown. So if it happened right here, then that means everybody trying to get from like let's say this part of town out to the east has to go through that little area. Okay. If you're trying to go from the valley down to Long Beach, you have to go through this stupid little area. Okay. Uh, if you're trying to go from Orange County up to the valley, you have to go through this stupid little area. So it is like a very major hub of like interchanges. And so the fact that it's like shut down both directions indefinitely wow. is kind of nutty. It's a huge problem. It's kind of nutty. Yeah. It's a huge problem. So that's insane. Yeah. And anyway, it's because of particular... uh, a pallet of, you know, hand sanitizer liquefied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, this writer, he goes on to kind of give some more kind of political analysis about why it's going to be really important for the governor to really, you know, kind of get it together. But um, it is these conversations about art, like failing infrastructure, that I think is also part of what's making the Zoomers really mad, right? So they're, they're hearing that there's not enough money to protect them in schools. There's not enough money for high-speed rail. There's not enough money for them to go to college. There's yeah. not enough money for them to, like, fucking do a goddamn thing. But we certainly have enough money to keep bombing things. Yes, right? exactly. Which looks very expensive, even to the layman, I assume. I think that's the big difference. You see, when you and I were starting out, we hadn't been disillusioned yet. See, we're disillusioned now. But when you and I mm. were still in 1999 and 2001... Those still felt like one-off things. Yeah. Freak things. Like, wow, we'll never see this again. It's definitely something I was probably thinking. Yeah, and now all of those once-in-a-lifetime climate events, they're happening three or four times a year now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just had a, yeah, I just had like a regular storm, like th- throw over all the furniture and outside. It was crazy. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it, like we, we had 
like three or four days of freeze here last week or something it was like cold you know or like whenever that was it was kind of recent you know but like right now it's 71 degrees outside yeah it's very weird that's quite a shift and yeah i mean it, it, it swings in new mexico sure it does but i don't think it used to swing this extreme it it felt like it was changing the years i was even there so yeah i can imagine what it feels like now to you the, the the term of the aspens is all different mm. it's it's these like little subtle things mm. but i think kind of to the point right that wasn't happening in 99 and 2001 either no and no. now it's it's just completely undeniable and so i think that's 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 what's i think making it the very big difference for the new generation yeah they can't have smoke blown up their ass they just can't because they, they know it's not true. Yeah, it's they blew like smoke a... up our ass. They, they, they tricked us. It's like a lingering but... grief, almost. Or like we have to grief. No, grieve fool me that. twice. <laughs> you know, you're not going to fool me again. No, we know it's going. I feel like uh, nature um, travel will become like a huge thing. Like national parks are going to be overwhelmed in the coming years as people come at large come to this general realization very sad anyway congratulations to emma stone and David <laughs> i was Fielder just reading the for... timeline yes the curse the curse uh probably... i haven't started we haven't started watching it I, we haven't started really watching busy it this either. week but oh so excited yeah we watched um ghost train or we are almost finished with Ghost Train. It's pretty wild. That's definitely something you should check out. If you haven't, it's called Exposed Ghost Train. That is, it's about this, um, it's not about a ghost train. It's about a, a theme park ride in Australia, in Sydney, um, that went wrong and a bunch of people died. And it seems like it might be a wrongful death case. No, no, it's much more than that. Much more. And it will blow your mind, I think. Where is it? Uh, it was in Sydney, Australia, I think. No, no, no. I mean, like, on Oh, what? Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The, the, I, I meant, I meant the great streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly. Maybe that's what we should celebrate on Halloween instead. We'll celebrate the, <laughs> the streaming service. Halloween is now Max. <laughs> exactly. What was the other one? I don't even remember. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. TikTok is now max. It is. It will be soon. Oh, my God. Oh, so there is one other thing I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. So might as well just say it at this point. <laughs> the only note I have written down from last week, by the way, is uh, the word hooter meat. <laughs> so, and I wrote no notes this week except for writing down ghost train. So I've now mentioned it. Yes, go watch. It's a spooky true crime thing. Go watch um, hooter meat. <laughs> <clears throat> I was thinking of, even when you were talking about it earlier. I was. I was actually considering it, yes. <laughs> um, uh, films. When I was talking about Marvel earlier, I was talking about films. And I think that uh, all I want to say is that uh, I had a thought. Where <laughs> I think that people who know old Hollywood probably understand this probably better than I do. But uh, films, and, and Quentin Tarantino just wrote a book about this. That films used to be investment properties. So as much as the government is highly complicit in you know, half the things that come out of Hollywood that have a gun in it or the military, 
um, and you know, making those things together. Uh, let's not forget about all the executive producers and who they are and what they benefit from. That's all. I'm just thinking about uh, how if that's truly the case, and it is, that mm-hmm. you know, American films are basically allowed to exist, and the ones with the biggest budget are typically the ones that show off some kind of uh, effort of our empire, I guess. Let's let's think of other media, I guess, other than film. That's all. <laughs> let's not let's not focus solely on film so much anymore. Maybe it's okay if we don't focus on film so much. It's been infiltrated here's, as much as everything else has. But here's um, what I'd like to bring back. Yeah. The book. That's kind of what I was getting at. It's like <gasps> in talking yeah. about other media than the film. The film is a key source of human media. In only that is the uh, you know technological adaptation of of opera, which we should not forget was essentially made uh, for a time in a class that isn't even our own anyway. And so let's not use this weird technological celebration of something that is essentially like a money investment. Let's enjoy our Marvel films. I guess if you want to go ahead and watch it the one time to retain the story or just see the film adaptation of a comic that you read as a kid, that's fine with me because that's what I'm doing. But like, you know, maybe the film since it's like literally a, a propaganda device, maybe some artists have got away with creating their own auteur vision throughout this, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, aliens was certainly in, you know, mm-hmm. the opposite of the vision that you might expect to come out of a, a colonial empire. But, uh, I mean, the only, the only thing I can also kind of in that vein, yeah, the media literacy is across all types of media. Yeah. It, it, it's art, it's photograph, it's music, it's film, it's poetry, it's painting. Right. All, all of those things have the uh, and, and all of those things have also been longer around, have been around longer than we have. Yep. 100 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Brian. Yeah. Kathy. Blessings. Blessings to I you. What I want to do. You survive. Take it. Yeah. Right. The week. Like, oh, my God. I hope <laughs> we'll do it. Okay. Can't be too bad. Okay. I mean, oh, my gosh. Because that means, oh, and the coming week is also uh, a holiday. Oh, it is. I forgot about that entirely, uh, actually. I hadn't well, made any special, still haven't. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is that I do have my therapist appointment at 9 next Friday. I'll be doing no special event that I know of, so. <laughs> um, We'll just keep it posted because yep. I might just be exhausted. So that's, who knows? That's completely then, acceptable. You know, yeah, that's exactly right. And so who knows? Maybe you are too, right? That or may be the instead, case as well. or whatever. Exactly. Anyway, to all our friends and listeners, Brian, the dog. Yes, I can hear its toes back there. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Kathy, I'll catch have... you later. Bye. Bye, Kathy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't want to be a player. I'm not a play out, just fuck a lot. I'm not a play out, just fuck a lot. I'm not a play out, just fuck a lot.
still a hater. Elevator to the top high. See you later. I'm going. Penthouse sweet, penthouse freaks, in-house beach, French cow seats, ten thousand beats, rent out lease. What an option to buy. Cop on the five of pants when I'm not up in the sky. Roll from the lie. Put my twin Zito up in the Benzito with my Kiko from Queens. Nickname Red Eagle. We go back like DAs and wear PJs. Now we reach the B gauge, running trains for three days. Who wanna ride? It won't cost you a dollar. Whether soft or harder, of course you're still gonna holler. Mama, I'm thick, huh? I rip my prick through your hooters. I'm sick. You couldn't measure my dick with six hooters. Hold up, chula. I'm all about getting loose, but I knock that boo if you out to get booed. Terror squad Beating niggas down something too late 